Chapter One, Part Seven of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Six, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey and Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten, One, Two, Three, Four, Five. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the fold of the sheep but climbeth up some other way the same is a thief and a robber but he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep to him the porter openeth and the sheep hear his voice and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out when he hath put forth all his own he goeth before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers very probably it may seem to those who listen carelessly that the language of the parable before us is not introduced very appositely because after a discussion on blindness and recovery of sight we straightway come upon statements about sheep and a fold and a door but he in whom dwells a wise mind which hastens more diligently to compare the ideas will perceive here also that the argument proceeds so to speak straightforward and swerves not at all from what is right and fitting and here i will once more repeat what i have said many times before it was the custom of the saviour christ when any came unto him to reply not merely to the words which they expressed through their voice but to speak with reference to their inward thoughts also since he sees both heart and reins for to him all things are naked and laid open and there is no creature that is not manifest in his sight wherefore also he saith to one of the saints who is this that hideth counsel from me and hath words in his heart and thinketh to conceal them from me when therefore the unholy company of pharisees craftily asked as we said just now if they were blind also in order that if he said truly what they were namely blind he might again be accused as one who reviled the magistrates and spoke evil of those whose lot it was to rule the people for they prided themselves inordinately upon this our lord jesus christ fighting in this case again with their inward thought necessarily and profitably introduces the parable implying somewhat obscurely and as it were in riddles that on account of their arrogant selfishness they would not be firmly maintained in the leadership and that the dignity would not be confirmed to such as insulted in their pride god the giver of it and teaching that this dignity would only belong to those who should be called by him to the leadership of the people therefore he says that himself is the door introducing of his own will to the leadership of his rational flocks the man who is prudent and god-loving but him who thinks himself able to take by violence and tyranny the honour that is not given to him he calls a thief and a robber climbing up some other way such were some concerning whom he speaks perhaps by one of the prophets they reigned as kings and not by me they ruled and not by my spirit 
and he intimates by the words before us that if they would take pleasure in being rulers of the people they must believe and must receive through him the divine call to undertake this dignity in order that they might have their rule unshaken and well established which of course was the case with the holy apostles and with the teachers of the holy churches after them to whom also the porter openeth that is either the angel who is appointed to preside over the churches and to assist those whose lot is to minister in holy things for the good of the people or else the saviour himself who is at the same time both the door and the lord of the door at all events he very well asserts that the flock of sheep rightly obey and yield to the voice of the shepherd but very quickly turn away from the voice of strangers so that thou mayest understand a true matter by extending the application of the argument to something more general for in the churches we teach by bringing forward our doctrines from the inspired scripture and setting forth the evangelic and apostolic word as a sort of spiritual nourishment and they who believe in christ and are conspicuous for unperverted faith are obedient listeners to such teaching but they turn away from the voices of falsifiers and avoid them as a deadly evil but then some one will say what is herein intimated to the pharisees gathering it up into a short and summary explanation i will tell thee this again he shows himself therefore as lord of the fold and door and porter that they may accurately learn that they will not have their position of leadership confirmed to them unless they come to it through him and thus possess the god-given honour and by adding that the sheep obey their own shepherds but run away from strangers he again skilfully hints that the pharisees would never be leaders of those that should become believers in him but that his sheep would refuse their instruction and attach themselves to the shepherds appointed by him six this parable or proverb spake jesus unto them but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them simple is the language of the saints and far removed from the elaborateness of the greeks for god chose the foolish things of the world according to the word of paul that he might put to shame them that are wise he used therefore the name of proverb for thus he designates the parable perhaps because the distinction of the two words was always somewhat confused and the signification is understood equally well whether both or either be used yet this we do say that the inspired evangelist marvels much at the jews want of understanding for as the experience of events itself bears witness they have a mind like to rocks or to iron persistently refusing to accept any profitable instruction of any sort wherefore it was said to them by the voice of joel the prophet rend your hearts and not your garments and again the writer of the book seems to me not inconsiderately to have said this parable spake jesus unto them but they understood not he says 
what things they were which he spake unto them and he utters this with no little emphasis for it is just the same as if he said plainly so far are the pharisees from being able to understand any necessary matter although absurdly wise in their own conceits that they understood not this parable so clear to see and so transparent in which there is nothing hard to lay hold of or tortuous to follow or difficult to comprehend and with propriety he mocks at the ill counsel of the jews since christ appeared of no account to them although he taught what was higher than the law and exhibited a system of instruction much more pleasing than that of moses seven jesus therefore said unto them verily i say unto you i am the door of the sheep he most thoroughly knew being by nature god and beholding that which lies in the depth that the pharisees understood none of his sayings although accustomed to pride themselves greatly on their learning in the law and excessively supercilious in thinking themselves wise therefore he gives them a very clear explanation and winding up as it were the long thread of the argument he tells them in few words the main scope of the parable for being naturally good he leads on towards a clear comprehension those even who do not deserve it that perhaps by some method the light may reach them and he distinctly says that himself is the door of the sheep teaching something which is generally acknowledged for only through faith in him are we admitted into relationship with god and he himself is a witness to this saying no one cometh unto the father but by me either therefore he wishes to signify something of this sort or as is more suitable to the questions we are considering he once more makes it clear that we come to the rule and leadership of rational flocks through him according to what is said by paul for no man taketh the honour unto himself but he that is called of god for instance no one of the holy prophets consecrated himself no nor even will the great and shining company of the apostles be found to have been self-called to this office for they were consecrated through the will of christ who called them to the apostleship by name and individually as he says in the parable before us for we know how in the gospel according to matthew the names of the apostles are set down in order and immediately following is the manner of their public proclamation for these twelve he says the saviour consecrated whom also he named apostles seeing therefore that the foolish pharisees wished to be rulers and were immoderately boastful of the name and character of leadership he profitably teaches that himself is the bestower of leadership upon men and mighty to conduct them to it without difficulty for being the door of the sacred and divine fold he both will admit him who is fit and also will block the entrance against him who is not eight all that came are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them practising all kinds of enchantment upon the obstinate mind of the pharisees 
and trying to turn them to sound reason he attempts to show them that it is a bootless and perilous thing to dare to act as leaders without the election from above or the divine counsel but thinking that rule may be obtained by human folly although the bestower of it may be unwilling wherefore having plainly said that himself is the door which signifies the only meaning of admitting such as are fit to the leadership he straightway brings forward the attempts of those who lived in earlier times so that beholding delineated as in a picture the result to which such action leads they might then clearly understand that the ability to govern and lead flocks of people comes only through grace given from above and not from ambitious endeavours therefore here also his speech is profitable bringing to mind the history of those who lived in earlier times all that came are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them for certain men came forward publicly pretending to have the office of good shepherds but since there was none who committed the leadership unto them and who could persuade those whom they ought to have ruled to obey them the multitude of the sheep ran away from them but by no means must we suspect because he said all that the apostleship of the holy prophets is set at naught by our saviour christ for the saying is not against them but against others for since his object was to speak about false shepherds in such as climbed up some other way into the fold of the sheep of necessity the language was used with respect to those who had been clearly signified beforehand he says all but we will in no wise think that the persons of the holy prophets are hereby renounced for how could they be renounced by him who established the truth of their plain declarations regarding his own coming who saith i have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets who consecrated moses and said unto jeremiah say not i am too young for thou shalt go to all that i shall send thee and whatsoever i command thee thou shalt speak and to the blessed ezekiel son of man i will send thee to the house of israel who are provoking me bitterly the scope of the language therefore is not directed against the company of the holy prophets but looks rather to such as at any time pretended to prophesy in judea stating falsely that they came from god and persuading the people not to obey those who were in truth god's prophets but to join in undertakings and opinions devised by themselves concerning whom the lord god the sovereign of all himself somewhere says again i have not sent these prophets yet they ran i have not spoken to them yet they prophesied and unto the blessed jeremiah the prophets prophesy lies in my name i sent them not neither did i speak unto them neither did i command them for they prophesy unto you visions and divinations and prophecies out of their own hearts if they be prophets and if the word of the lord be with them let them come before me what hath the chaff to do with the wheat 
for the word that truly is from god has the power of nourishing greatly and strengthens man's heart as it is written but that of the unholy false prophets and false teachers being thoroughly clean threshed and chaff-like conveys no profit to the hearers when therefore he names those who preceded his coming thieves and robbers he signifies either the lying and deceiving multitude of whom we have just spoken or thou mayest apply the force of the words to those also who are mentioned in the acts of the apostles for the rulers of the jews having on one occasion gathered the holy apostles together and brought them into their own most lawless council chamber were taking counsel to banish them from jerusalem and to force them to be continually facing extreme dangers but gamaliel reminded them of certain false teachers in the following words ye men of israel take heed to yourselves as touching these men what ye are about to do for before these days rose up thutis giving himself out to be some great one to whom a number of men about four hundred joined themselves who was slain and all as many as obeyed him were dispersed and came to naught after this man rose up judas of galilee in the days of the enrolment and drew away some of the people after him he also perished and all who obeyed him were scattered abroad from these considerations then thou seest clearly and indisputably that christ's words do not refer to the holy prophets but to those of the opposite description in order that even against their will he might persuade the pharisees not to seek in their own foolish notions a pretext for rashly making themselves guides when god was not willing for them to be the head of the people but in all things to subject their authority to the divine approbation and to hasten to enter by the real door rather than to endeavour to climb up by some other way into the sheepfold after the manner of plunderers nine i am the door by me if any man enter in he shall be saved and shall go in and go out and shall find pasture after his usual manner he moulds the form of his speech to a spiritual application as though it arose naturally from the course of his story and seems to treat things which are simple to look at and contain nothing difficult of comprehension as images of things more obscure for the thieves he saith and robbers violently breaking into the enclosures of the sheep do not enter by the door but leap in by some other way and by getting over the wall of the fold put themselves in danger for perhaps or rather very probably one who is robbing in this way and rashly practising villainy may be detected and caught but they who enter by the door itself affect an entrance without risk being manifestly not mean in conduct nor yet unknown to the lord of the sheep for he who standeth at the doors openeth to them and they run in moreover saith he such as these shall be together with the sheep in great security having effected an entrance very lawfully as it were and without guile and without incurring any suspicion of being robbers this therefore is the part of the story which is typical 
and passing over to what is therefore intimated for our spiritual profit we say this that they who without the divine sanction and will proceed to take leadership of the people as though altogether refusing the entrance by the door will perhaps also perish doing violence to the divine decree at least by the motives of their endeavours but they who are allotted a god-given leadership and come to it by christ with great security and grace will they govern the most sacred fold escaping so entirely from the anger which falls on the others that they even receive honour for their work they will obtain crowns from above such as they do not yet dare to hope for because their aim is not at all in any way to grieve their flocks but rather to benefit them they will do things well pleasing to the lord of the flock and love by all means to keep safe those who belong to him by these words also the lord greatly troubles the obstinate pharisees saying that they will certainly not be kept safe but will utterly fall from the leadership in which they now are and very justly since they suppose they will possess it firmly not by god's approval but by their own folly but herein i cannot help admiring the incomparable love for men shown by the saviour for the lord is really compassionate and merciful offering to all a way of salvation and in diverse manners inviting to it even the very obstinate and hardened and i will take the proof of my assertion once more from the thing itself for when he fails either by marvellous deeds or by the longing which yearns and hopes for the glory which shall be hereafter to persuade the pharisees to receive his teaching he sternly proceeds to that by which it was likely they would be especially troubled so that henceforth they might look upon obedience as an inevitable necessity for knowing them to be attached to the glory of being leaders and to eagerly reckon upon no ordinary gain from thence he says they will be deprived of it and will be utterly despoiled of that which was so highly valued and which was then in their possession unless they will yield themselves to willingly listen to him and seek pardon at his hands ten the thief cometh not but that he may steal and kill and destroy i came that they may have life and may have it abundantly while our saviour christ was saying he himself was the door and teaching that it was his both to admit those whom he would and to keep outside him who is unfit and quite useless for shepherd's work and moreover in addition to this had denounced as thieves and robbers those who were self-appointed to an honour not given them from above the wretched pharisees again were taking counsel deliberating who this man was that showed so much boldness and considering whether he ought not himself perhaps to be numbered among those whose coming he reproved for they thought that he too was a false shepherd and a false teacher as merely self-consecrated by his own determination not that being god he had been made man according to the ancient declaration of the inspired scripture 
and it is indeed probable that even when they had gathered a true knowledge of him they rejected it as something which was intolerable to their unbelief and refused to consider anything which was not in harmony with their own pleasure and their own dear delight and this was to be leaders of the people and to be spoken of accordingly when therefore he knew that such were their thoughts and that they so whispered one to another he did not wait for them to express these ideas more openly but answered them as was fitting and declares that the question ought to be decided by testing their actions as to who was the shepherd and who was the thief saying that it would be by no means difficult to thus discriminate if any one would consider the object and behavior of each for the thief cometh he says for the destruction of the sheep since the desire of taking plunder undoubtedly leads to this issue but the really good shepherd will come without bringing any harm into the sheepfold but rather will work for their advantage and whatever he may understand to be for their greatest good that he will zealously labor for end of chapter one part seven